everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. If you're a photographer that gets paid for your time and efforts, you've probably heard about in-person sales a million times. If you offer IPS, then you may know how valuable the process can be for your business. If you don't offer IPS, here is another conversation meant to be encouraging to you. Dory Hall and Rachel Bohr created the online education platform IPS Mastermind in 2015. In this conversation, they share their IPS conversion stories, as well as tips and tricks to help you avoid leaving money on the table. Our businesses have been impacted this year, there's no question. Many of us are still fighting to keep our heads above the water, so to speak. Doing anything in person may not seem or even be feasible right now. But even if you are conducting online meetings with your clients, several IPS concepts may be able to help you navigate the current situation affecting so many of us. Thanks for listening, folks. And don't hesitate to reach out if you need help. We're here for you. Really. I'll tell you something. You guys represent something, I think. And as I as I talk about this, you can jump in and correct me where I'm where I'm off. But for me, you guys represent something that I feel as though is extremely imperative for a business owner. Like a photography business owner, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just like they should know about how to use their camera, how to shoot, how to light, how to pose. Mm-hmm. Also, in my opinion, needs to know how to market and how to sell their work. Yep. Unless they want to go out of business, which is an option. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're not in it for business purposes. Right. Which some people are, you know, they're just in it for the, you know, I don't know what, if you're going to Well, then it's a, you know, well, then it's a hobby or then it's yeah. something to do yeah. with your time or it's a passion where you just have to create. I, I understand all that. I don't even that come like even listening to myself say that comes across as dismissive no. and condescending. And I don't mean it to be that way. I no. guess though it I just feel as though I think one of the things that is that has made me sad over the course of the last twenty years is all the money that I've seen people leave on the table. Yep. And 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 really because to me it's been like I, I don't know how many people I've spoken to where it's like you're you're in a position where you have done ninety-four yeah. percent of the work, like yeah. the heavy lifting, right? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have these wonderful images and the this great experience that your your clients have had because of you mm-hmm. and and you're just giving them images or you're just giving them back in the day. It was just giving them a disc. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. really then all of this money is just left on the table. Does, is all that ringing true? Yeah. I think when you say back in the day, I think 
really back in the day when it was, you know, dark rooms and negatives and, and all that kind of stuff, people were charging more. It was also much more male dominated industry. So we have mm. to, we have to really consider the fact that <clears throat> the change in the shift in genders is going to have a big dramatic effect on um, how people think about their businesses to a certain extent. Um, but then there came a time when digital became king and people were told, just give them your images, just give mm. them your images, make it easy for them. That's what they want. But make it easy. Yeah. But then how many people did we leave with discs in their door that they never saw those images again? That's not easy. It's not easy for them actually, because they can't see those. Do anything with them. Yeah. Yeah, It's a misnomer, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's do this. We're going to jump right in. I would like both of you to tell me who you are and, and we already know that you're the IPS mastermind ladies, but just expand on that and introduce yourself so that we know. All right, Dory, you want to go first? Sure. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Jed. My name is Dory Howell. I'm a portrait photographer in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. I've been in business for 11 years, and um, I primarily specialize in what I'm known for newborn photography, maternity, and family photography. I have decided recently that um, I'm shifting my business to no longer include newborns. So more family photography, more mm. studio work, that type of thing, which I find much, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, along with Rachel, we started IPS Mastermind almost four and a half-ish years ago now. And one of our great joys is seeing photographers succeed in business and um, have wonderful clients that love what they do, where also the photographer can make a good living at it as well. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm Rachel Boer. I uh, have also been in business 11 years now. Some people think that Dory and I work together in our studio, but we have completely separate businesses. In fact, I used to live in the D.C. area like Dory, but last year I moved down to Memphis, Tennessee. So this is where I am now. I've got a home studio here and I do portraits and weddings. Uh, and like Dory said, the, the IPS Mastermind thing really came about when we saw so many photographers who were amazing artists, but couldn't figure out how to make a living uh, mm. with their art. And so we felt like there was a need there for education that was um, easy to digest, easy to understand, easy to apply, so they could start seeing changes right away. And that's what we've created. And it's been amazing, an amazing journey um, to watch so many business owners transform their businesses and their lives. If I am a photographer and I come to you or even reach out to you, or maybe it's just uh, we run into each other at a show or something of that nature, right? And you discover that I have been doing this for three or four years. I'm super busy, booked through uh, November, you know, all the stuff, right? And I'm, you know, I charge $125 and my client gets 80 images on a, on a disc or in a, in a, in a web gallery. What do you, what do you say to me? I think the first question I would ask you is, are you happy with that? Dory's face. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of emotions being torn around right here, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but I think the first question is, are you happy with that? You know, what if I tell you, what if I say, yes, I am? Fantastic. It's so nice to meet you. How's the popcorn? You know, that's fine. If you've intentionally set up a business in a way that you love, that's working for you and your clients, 
Fantastic. I'm going to be honest. That's not usually the answer that we hear. That's we not usually the answer. And the, the next step of that is a lot of times they think they love it because they think they should love it. Oh. And because that's what they've been told and that's what they believe. And so because they believe that, then that, that it should be fulfilling them as a person and they're making enough money for them because they think they're covering expenses that the reply is going to be, yeah, I, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But we know from what we've learned and for how long we've been in the business that the numbers just simply don't crunch right when you're dealing with someone who has that type of business practice. Yeah. So we're dealing with two different things there. One is, you know, the confused look on my face is my heart hurts for them okay. because, they, because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, right? yeah. And so there's a there's a a way of tactfully saying that sounds great. I'm so glad that that's working out for you. Listen, we have this free group that you might want to check out that offers a different way of doing business. And here it is. It's just a real. We want to try and help them, but we're not going to make that transition there on the trade room floor. Right. But offering them something to say hey, you know what, there might be a better way, or hey, we have this really great community you might want to consider joining. Really no pressure, no judgment. Mm -hmm. The internal struggle for me is, yes, I want them to be happy, but oh, they just don't know how mm -hmm. many mistakes are in that equation that you laid out. How do you, how do you approach something like this with somebody when they don't know what they don't know, right? We all, everyone, okay, it's super easy for everyone to say, yeah, I don't know what I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. It's another thing entirely when you're on the other side of that and you see something or you're aware of something that somebody isn't, right? Mm -hmm. And to convince them that there's something that you know that they don't know, that they need to know. Right. Even even if the even if the answer from the person is yeah I'm not happy, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm a mess. Um, I'm putting hours and hours and hours into this business every week. I it's been three or four years. I'm twenty seven thousand dollars in the hole. I got fourteen thousand dollars in credit card debt. I don't see my kids. Um, yep. I can't remember my husband's name. All, all yep. the stuff, right? Yeah. And yeah. how do you how do you go from that point? Let's start at the let's start at that first bridge, that first connection. Mm -hmm. How do you go from there to convey to them where they'll, where they're actually going to believe you that I have I have a solution. It's a viable solution. I have what you need. I think it comes down to seeing that other people have done it. And I think one of the best things about the position Dory and I are in is that we've both personally made that switch made that leap we've been in that position of being overworked underpaid not super happy with how the business was looking and we've made those changes to get our business into a place where it's really profitable it supports our families and we're not killing ourselves and so i think because we can bring our personal experience and then in our group we've got thousands of photographers who share oh, yeah. their stories it gives people hope that they can also have that transformation well you have empathy mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely we can relate to that, I think, so, so very much just with our personal stories, but people, when they don't know that there's a different way, they, they all, a lot of times people are hesitant to be the first. 
Mm-hmm. Like really, like, so now not only can we prove to them that they're not the first, but we can also prove so many people have done it. And this mm-hmm. is how it's worked for them. This is how it's been a success for them. But you know, it's a big ball of sometimes mind work and mm-hmm. getting past your limiting beliefs and, mm-hmm. and, and putting yourself out there in a way that's uncomfortable. And there are people who are programmed to be able to do that fine. And there are people who are programmed that would rather cut off a toe, (laughs) like really. So you have to, each person is different, but our whole, our whole, our whole revive system and, and what we teach in our groups is the fact that, you know what, you need to take those risks. You need to have courage. If something doesn't work out, you go back and you do it again. It's not the end of the world. And Mm -hmm realizing that these decisions that we make a lot of times don't have to be permanent, right? Because that gets that gets around the whole idea of people being hesitant or scared. If we can yeah. assure them, hey, listen, if you do it and it doesn't work out, guess what? Go back to the old way. Mm-hmm. It's still waiting there for you. It hasn't right. gone anywhere. Right. But just helping people move past that when they're really, really working with a lot of things that they think are against them, in moving forward, you know, people who are in that idea of, I work so hard, I don't see my family, I don't see my husband, um, we're barely getting bills paid, that type of thing. That's a dark place. And so mm. you have to work with them at their spot to get them to, to climb out of the tunnel, so to speak. Well, yeah, speaking of, I mean, really, this, we're talking about something that's, that's, that can be a very taxing, emotionally challenging journey, right? And I understand you know, someone's reluctance to jump into anything that's an adjustment or a change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I've done things, and now I'm going to do them like this, and I'm terrified just of the concept of change. But how do you approach the whole piece where you get the response that I can't charge X because I'm not worth that. My stuff isn't worth that kind of money. Like if some, let's say someone's even selling product, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say someone has an eight by 10 and I always use that cause it's an easy thing for everyone to relate to, but let's say they're, their eight by tens are $12, right? Yeah. And, and you know, they're, they're hesitant to go to $15 and you, and you legitimately can sit down with somebody and run the numbers and they might come, the numbers might come back. Yeah. You need to be at like minimum 35, right? Again, we're just throwing out, I'm just throwing out bananas here. These, these aren't hard and fast. How, how do you get, how do you approach from again, the emotional, maybe psychological piece, right? The part that you are worth it. And really because you have to be in order to, if you want to do this without going further and further into the hole, you have to see this, that not only am I worth it, that's how it has to be. How do you, how do you approach that with somebody that's already terrified because of this big swing that you're already putting forth? Mm -hmm. I think showing numbers, hard, hard facts, the numbers don't lie. We all say that the numbers don't lie. Mm. It is a stepping stone process, especially with people, them not feeling worthy is so much deeper than them not feeling worthy about their photography. It's yep. not, they probably don't feel worthy in their marriage. They probably yep. don't feel worthy as, as a provider for their family. They yep. probably don't. So sometimes we go back and we have a lot of even things, beliefs from childhood 
that mm -hmm. we unfold in the process when we're coaching our, our members. And it, it is a process. People have yeah. to be willing to trust us a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a whole mindset process. But one thing that I think is especially powerful that we tell people, um, especially when they have children, is that every time you say yes to a client and you did work with a client and you come home with $20, you've put in all like $20 profit, so to speak, because mm -hmm. that's the way they look at it. You've put in all this time and you've made $20. Can you even take your family out for one dinner for $20? A nice dinner. Let's say Olive Garden. Can you take your family to Olive Garden for $20? And every time you say yes to your client, you're saying no to your family. Mm -hmm. And once you relate, once you start relating those things to very, very personal loved things, because that's really what it comes down to is mm -hmm. that you're working for someone else's family for free and you're denying all your other, like all your other, um, your, your family, or even just, if you're single, just your passions, you know, time with your dog, time with your friends. It doesn't have to be always yeah, your, your time. It's still it's your, your time. time. Right. And you've given it up for $20 that starts to unfold things. And then we start getting into deeper things when it comes to fear of money, um, mm. money issues, scarcity, issues and all those things it is a process and we work really hard with our members to try and help them see where those things are so we can help them break those patterns mm -hmm. what about then okay let's i'm trying to just move through it in my mind and and, mm -hmm. and trying to consider the just the conversations i've had with with people over the years how do you handle the technical aspect, right? So the, the other the other piece is, ah, I'm not technically savvy. I don't really, I mean, do I need to have a big projector? Do I need to have a big, what, where do you go then? Like, let's talk logistics almost for a second. Where do, where do you go at that point with somebody? Yeah. One of the things we always say is, you know, don't make it more complicated than it has to be. Mm. We always tell people if you're selling online today, you can be selling in person by the weekend. You really can make this shift quickly and easily using, for the most part, things you already have probably. And so people do, they think they need to go through a six month process and they think they need to buy all this expensive software and buy equipment right. and everything. You really don't need any of that. Dory tells the story of her first in-person sale. She grabbed one picture of her daughter off the wall because that was all she had as a sample. She took it along and met with her client and they bought art the first time. It's that easy. <laughs> so it really is not so much about the technical, the fancy software. That stuff is available for you if you're into that. But it's really about that in-person aspect of the sales situation. It's about sitting across the table from someone and saying, hey, what would make you guys really happy? What do you mm. do? want to own? How do you want to enjoy these pictures? I know you love these portraits. So how do you want to see them every day so that you get that sense of enjoyment out of them every single day? Let me help you with that. It's just that connection, right? It's relational, right? Yeah, <laughs> relational. And to speak to another point of that is we do have people go, is my work good enough? Is mm. my work good enough? Is my work good enough? Um, a picture of a potato sold for millions of dollars, a black <laughs> and white picture of a potato, Art is subjective. If you have someone willing to hire you, you are good enough to make a profit off the services you provide. And so just the constant reassurance of don't make it too complicated. Mm. You don't need all this special gear that you have other people see other people using. Keep it simple. 
they've hired you for a reason. They didn't, you didn't go knocking on their door, forcing them to hire you. Right. All those different messages combined can help start moving along that path of, oh, I have something to share here. It's worth something. I love the don't make it too complicated, kind of the keep, keep it simple sort of mindset. What other pitfalls do people typically fall into that mm. get that get them stuck? That's a great question. Yeah, I think the beliefs is is the one thing that's yeah. really, really key that, that photographers don't talk enough as business owners because you can't see it. Right. But um, and thinking that once you conquer one thing, that you're done and you're free forever. Because right. no, you're not. Once you step outside of one box, there's another box waiting for you that you're yeah. going to have to deal with and another box from there. And everybody deals with that. Yeah. Um, and I think other pitfalls, I think people compare themselves too much to others. Mm. Yeah. Preach. Um, yeah, they, they're they're thinking, well, they're doing it that way, so I need to do it that way when they don't have the courage to create their own systems and their own thing that works best for them. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, just getting too bogged down in the nitty gritty and not being, not being brave enough to take that step out. Mm -hmm. they get they get caught up in just kind of this um we just got hamsters in our house so this is where this comes this, this hamster wheel just spinning oh boy. yeah spinning, spinning right yeah. and um they don't realize that they get stuck mm -hmm. and they don't if they just take a step out in faith that that action is going to create that clarity for the next step and then the next step it and is then, interesting like to get to get caught on the wheel part of it is the lack of self-awareness that you're even on the wheel yeah it's right. True. Cause you're just going, 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 going. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'm, I say that also because I'm the dad, uh, that says no to hamsters about every other week Yep. so far. We were in that, in that room with a puppy until the compromise we, was the hamsters. Well, <laughs> I have, I have the dog and oh. now, and that, and it's, it's my wife and children's dog. They would, they would argue that I love the dog a lot more than what I act like, but <laughs> guinea pigs and hamsters have been a hard pass for me for, for quite some time now. Yeah. Okay. I love them. They're cute. <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't have but to clean up. My kids would, my kids would love hair. to hear this right now. <laughs> I don't have to clean up hamster hair off my pants every time I want to leave the house and you know. Oh, <laughs> but don't get me started on all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, let's, let's do this. I would... I was I I kind of like you guys to map out from your perspectives the benefits of what in-person sales and that relational piece have looked like for you for both of you right like uh, life without it life before it and and now what life looks like afterwards. Now there are challenges. I get it because like you said, you step out of a box, there's another one waiting for you. I really like that image as well. But what, what does a business, what do your businesses look like uh, as specifically as a result of putting time and effort into in-person sales? Rachel, you can start. Yeah. My conversion story, if you will, is kind of dramatic. Ah. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for, a conversion story. I like okay. it. Yeah. Um, I really started out in, in photography with just a love for taking pictures and absolutely no knowledge of business whatsoever. So mm -hmm. I started out really, really uh, making 
every bad decision that you could possibly make along the way as I set up my business. So I've been there. I've been the girl charging $50 for a CD of 50 yeah. images. Um, yeah. I've been the girl doing, you know, mini sessions and dropping my prices to try to get clients because I didn't know how to market. So I have experienced that side of things. And I can tell you, if I were to sum up that, that feeling, it's one of desperation and it's one of like, overwhelming confusion. <laughs> so I would sit every day going, how do I grow this business? What do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm not making enough money, but I felt like there was no solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. I felt lost. And honestly, once I, my eyes were kind of open to this idea of selling products to clients in person, really helping them through that process and charging a sustainable rate, it's literally like a conversion because everything about my business and my personal life changed for the better. So I went from making a few hundred dollars a client to $3,000 per client very, very quickly. I'm talking in a matter of months, just like that. And I went from never seeing clients again after a session was done, really not having any contact other than here's your gallery, hope you like it, to having these sort of lifelong relationships yeah. now where you know I get to come back year after year and they work with me um, and they have that trust with me and we're building beautiful pieces for their family together. Um, obviously the income is not a small thing when you can go from kind of making pocket change with a whole lot of effort to being able to genuinely support your family. My husband, you know, uh, lost his job a few years ago and I was so thankful in that moment that I had built my business up yeah. even when I didn't need the money right. to be able to then jump in and support my family um, without a problem because I had kind of put that value on my time, even right. when we, you know, had a second income. Um, so just that kind of thing. I mean, it makes a real life difference, uh, right. for, for you and, and your family. So that's Dory, my, what Dory, what's your conversion story? Well, I love, conversion I love story. the conversion story. They ask it that way when it comes to like church, but I'll, right. I'll give it to you in the right. photography world. Um, I started out and I started charging, I think it was a hundred dollars session fee. And I, wanted to sell prints because for some reason, just for me being a photographer and not providing prints, like that just didn't make sense to me. Sure. Digital files to me are kind of like air, even though some of that air is really valuable, but I wanted to provide something for them. So I started doing that right away. And I think my first print prices were about like maybe $8 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I started having some sessions and people would buy things from me, but I was just sending them galleries they would mm. take forever to choose mm. um, yep. and that type of thing. And then this was way, you know, we're talking way back in the day before Facebook where there wasn't all these groups and everything. There were forums. So you, um, yeah. you enrolled in forums and I was with in a forum and I was reading and they kept saying, oh, well, if you show in person, you'll make more money. If you show in person, you'll make more money. And I'm like, yeah, that's my love language right now. And that's not what a lot of people are going to say. It's like, you really love money. I'm like, yeah, I love money because I love the freedoms that it affords me. Sure. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. So literally this was like on a, I'd had the session and I contacted my client on Tuesday and I said, Hey, I'd really love to show you these images in person. Can I just swing by your, your house on Saturday? Yes, I yes, that would be great. We would love to see it. And it just so happened to be that grandma and grandpa were going to be there. Oh, so that's awesome. So I went in and I walked out of the house with a check for $900. <laughs> First, like going from like a $250, $300 average to $900. Yeah. Within the course of five days, I 
was elated. I'm like, yeah. look at what just happened. Here. And you just made a phone call. You just made, just you just asked. made that happen. I just asked. That's all I had to do because if she had said no, I'm like, okay, I'll try it with my next client. She wants a gallery. That's fine. But all I needed, I just asked. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. so easy. Now I want to throw, I'm going to intentionally throw you a curveball. Or what might be a curveball. Maybe it's not. Maybe you guys are just going to be like, eh, no big deal. <laughs> you guys both got into the business 11 years ago. Yeah. 2009, give or take. Yeah. Anybody that's been around that long or longer knows that it's not the same industry. It's not the same world. Things are not. And let's take the last couple months for a second even out of the equation, right? Okay. We don't even have to go there right now. But even pre-2020, not the same industry, not the same world, what sort of challenges for yourselves even exist now? The box that you were talking about, Dory, what does the box of the last year or two look like that didn't exist in 2009? So like you can say, all I did was make a phone call, right? Like, do you really think that that applies today in the same way that it did 10, 11 years ago? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. All you have to do is put yourself out there in a baby step kind of way mm-hmm. and ask so much. Like, like you were talking earlier about money left on the table, okay? Mm-hmm. So much money is left on the table. And I don't like to focus on the money because what the money means to me is I'm giving the clients a service. I'm spending my time. I'm going out of my way to make them happy. Um, It's their happiness as well. But the end result that can be counted and is tangible is the money, okay? Mm -hmm. So, so much money is left on the table because people just don't simply ask. Really? It's just a simple question. Even photographers who do IPS, like you talk about the box. Well, some people hit the box because at the end of the sale, they don't offer them one more maybe low-hanging product that they would have thought of. They came in thinking of prints and an album and a wall print. Well, maybe they don't know you have this really great, um, I don't know, desk print that you can offer for dad's office that you could sell for $150. People might love that because you don't ask them if they might be interested in something for dad's office. They don't think about it. Well, Mm -hmm. if you could, if you could ask every client that you have, say just an average of 50 clients a year, if they wanted a print for dad's office and they spent an additional 150, 150 to $200 a sale, what would that mean to your bottom line at the end of yeah. the year if only 50% of people yeah. took advantage of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my world, that's a vacation. Right. That's five to 10 grand right away. Right. And mm-hmm. all I do is ask. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people don't, oh, sorry. Like I said, people don't, you don't bang on people's doors, drag them out of their house and force them to hire you. Mm -hmm. Hire you because they want to hire you. So, okay. I I get what you're saying. Even whether it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 80 years ago, if if you don't ask, right? If you don't put yourself out there, then you're not even in a position to potentially reap the reward. So conceptually that hasn't changed. Yes. What has changed? in the last 10 years. What's different now? What, cause I ask this because mm-hmm. I hear the excuse, it's not like that anymore. 
right? Okay. Like, sure, yes. that worked then. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work now. Are there things that, that fall into that category? I think there's, there are far fewer things that fall into that category than people would like to believe. So I think for those of us in the middle to upper range, um, and I'm not saying that we are photographers who charge $100,000 for a portrait, but uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, if you're in that sort of luxury category, mm. there are always going to be clients who value portraits, who want wall yeah. art, who love their families, who are happy to pay for quality service and who are not do-it-yourselfers. They don't right. want to go figure out how to print on their own. They're not going to do it. They know that they'd rather pay me to design and make something beautiful right. and their doorstep wrapped in a pretty box with a bow. Right. Um, right. And those people are always going to be there and always going to be the same. Even though the market feels perhaps oversaturated on the lower spectrum with the cheap photographers doing mini sessions. I mean, how many of those are there every year? Yeah. Yep. Thousands, right? But when it comes to photographers able to offer this level of service at this price point, there's not as many of us. And those clients are still out there, still looking for us. Right. So I think Lori and I have felt very much like, although that lower end of the market has gotten more saturated, mm -hmm. it's good up here towards the top. Come on up, come join us. There's less competition. Yeah, I really like that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree, Dory? I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, no, I would, I would totally agree. And it's very interesting because so many, you know, I find a lot of my clients not through social media. So, right. um, because they don't have time for social media. They're mm. running corporations. They're taking care mm. of their kids. They're running their households and their nannies and that kind of thing. And mm. I live in the Washington DC area. So my view of the world, as far as those kinds of clients might be a little bit different than someone living in rural Nebraska. And I totally sure. understand that. Yeah. But people say when it comes to, it won't work in my area or it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. People haven't changed in wanting to preserve their, their family history. That's still a thing. People want to do it. So you just have to find them. And that's what's key. It's like, you know, a millionaire could be, or multimillionaire could be standing next to you in Walmart because he owns the cattle farm. He's not working at the cattle farm. Um, and people put yeah. a lot of judgments on others or on their area. And every time someone asks me, well, I have to charge a certain amount because that's what the highest... I can't go more than the highest priced photographer in town right. and that kind of stuff. Or, you right. know, I always go, the first thing I do is I go to Google and I find out, I find out where that person lives. I go to Google and I Google the median income of their town. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, well, the median income for your town is $45,000 a year, which isn't great, but that's just half. So half the people that you were dealing with make more than that. Mm -hmm. And they can certainly probably want a session with you. Mm -hmm. And what people also say is like, well, I can't charge that much. Like they just can't get past that. Yeah. We're not your client. You have to, you have right. to get past the idea that just because you do something a certain way, doesn't mean that the community does things a certain way. Right. Or right. is going to be looking for the same thing you're looking for. So maybe you need to meet more people. I've dealt with that in my own family. You know, yeah. I, I tell the story that we, we built our studio in 2000, almost it's 20 years ago, almost now. And I remember we finished it and my dad came in and we had all these photos everywhere and he saw our prices and he said, I just can't believe people spend this amount of money on pictures. Yeah. 
and I said, well, it's not, they're not you, right? Yeah. It, any more than you are them, yeah. right? Like there's, di- there's exactly different, right. different people that, that value different things that have different means that care about one thing or another. You know, I, I can't believe some people spend what they spend on rodents that they keep in their house and cages. That- Let me tell you, they're expensive. <laughs> They are. Pets are expensive. And there's right. people that look at anyone with a pet. Look at me. And look, How can you put that much money into a dog? And I'm like, well, my wife and kids, they love the dog. So that's why we have yeah. the dog. It, that, that's the same concept either way, too, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. And some you, people are going to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a purse or a thousand dollars on a purse. And other people are going to find the cheapest thing that you can find. Yeah, my mom has 30 purses from 30 garage sales and she loves them. She loves them. Yeah. Because she has 30. <laughs> yeah. That's important. Yes. All different kinds of people. And yes. then it comes down to reaching the people that you want to find for your mm-hmm. business. They're out there in every neighborhood. Okay. Every neighborhood, every community. Last thing I want to cover myself um, that, I'm, that I'm thinking about. I want to really touch on products for a second. I mean, we... This is a, a White House custom color podcast after all. And mm-hmm. I do want to focus on p- products real quickly because like, for instance, with White House, we have, I don't know, 37 million products, right? Mm-hmm. Wh- how, what do you talk about with, let's say, one of your students, right? One of, you, one of the people that you're consulting or one of the people in your IPS mastermind group regarding products when especially when they're on the beginning the beginning phases of all of this and they're dealing with all that stuff already and they're like where do i even start with products yeah. what do you say you want to take that one dory no you got it okay <laughs> you're gonna say what i'm gonna say so i know i know we're gonna say that well the first thing that we say is keep it simple right just like Again, we said right, earlier right you gotta keep it simple and one thing that we find is People get very overwhelmed by choosing products. And so then they just don't choose at all. And that becomes a place where they get stuck, right? And if it's difficult for us to choose, imagine how hard it is for our clients. When we show them too many options, too many products, even within one product line, you know, for albums, here's 17 different size choices and 39 paper choices and embossing. It's too much. And then your clients will also not be able to to choose. A confused mind can't buy. And so Mm -hmm. what we tell people is start small, start simple. Why don't you pick out three or four products that you personally love? Because you have to love what you sell, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Start with three or four things that you love and that kind of fits your brand. So if you have kind of a really rustic rural kind of thing, you're out in Wyoming, maybe you go for like a leather I know, I don't know, sure. coming up with things off the top of my head. But no, that's right, though. Yeah. That fit your aesthetic and the aesthetic of the people that you're working for. Right. And, and if you have a bunch of people that are into a contemporary look, then your products, mm-hmm. you might want to skew your products more to a contemporary yeah. style. Yes, metals and acrylics and whatever. So you choose just a few things and start there. And then you have to remember this. Whatever, like Dory said, whatever decisions you make now are not permanent. So if you Mm -hmm. decide to sell these products and later you go, you know what, this one's not really selling. My clients don't seem to love this. Maybe I'll try selling this for a while. Give it a shot. See how it goes. If they love it, keep it on your price list forever. If they don't love it, pull it off. You just have to have that freedom. It's your business and you can make those decisions. Don't, don't you think I love that. I love that too. I love the whole, um, it's not set in stone mindset, but because don't you think we enter into that when we're dealing with all of this and creating things where in our minds, it's, it's like, I don't think people realize 
that they're the boss sometimes. Yeah. Have you run into that? Have you, oh. We're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that or what if I do that? And it's just like, right. if you do something and you want to change it, you can change it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need Try something else. On Facebook to affirm your every decision. <laughs> also that. Also right. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know how many times I've looked at somebody and said, you're the boss. <laughs> you get to decide. And yeah. if it falls on its face, you just toss it and you do okay. something else, right? Yeah. yeah, we have lots of people who will come in and say, well, I've been thinking about doing this and um, I'm really struggling with, you know, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I write back to them literally in the face. I said, what do you want to do? And they say, <laughs> Well, I want to do this, this, and this, and I just write, then do it. Do that. (laughs) And they're like, and they're, it's almost like I have lifted this big thing off their shoulder. Why do we need permission, you guys? We need permission almost, Mm -hmm. right? I don't. That is my my superpower. And Rachel can agree with that. That is something that, um, I don't know where this came from because my parents are not like this way, but I am... (laughs) Very much the act first, ask permission later type oh, of But yeah. you need a little bit of that. And you need yeah. a little bit of, I don't know, a little bravery and a little bit of sass to say, listen, I don't want to do bit. this anymore. Right. We had one yesterday on a coaching call. We had a, a woman really, really struggling with the fact that she doesn't like canvases. She doesn't like them. She couldn't find a canvas that she liked. And I finally said, I'm like, well, do you even like canvas artwork? And she's like, no. And I said, well, then don't sell it. Don't, don't offer it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's, and I get it. It's so easy for us to present it in a way. It's so commonsensical, but it's, you, we all know what it's like to be on the other side of that and to be in that lady's shoes where you don't even see it as an option. It's yeah. not even a thing. You're just like, well, I obviously have to offer canvases because everybody offers canvases and what kind of canvas should I offer? And you start yeah. asking questions that are based on a foundation that doesn't need to exist in the first place. Right. Exactly. I feel like I need to step off my soapbox a little bit. You guys are getting me all fired up. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir here. Well, yeah, you, I know it. I know it. And, 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 but it's, to me, it's like the products are such a big deal, but I love, again, I love your mindset of keep it simple. It's not set in stone. Don't offer 18,000, narrow it down a lot, you know, and, and stick with what you like, stick with what you're comfortable with, stick with your style and, and a nice marriage of your style and your client's style. It, it can be a really good idea too. Cause I mean, honestly, for me, if I, if I'm more of a traditionalist, right. And I like, and I like a certain look and yet I have all these people in my area that are coming to me in a certain you know, a certain bracket that I'm trying to cater to, and they're all very contemporary. I'm going to offer some contemporary stuff, even if I don't yeah. like it, because if my client wants to pay the money for it, sure. even if I'm like, that's not yeah. my thing, I'll put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. But I yeah. don't need to put 80 versions of it out there. I can no. put out eight versions. Right. Right. And you don't, you don't have to love something to sell it, but you don't right. have to sell it if you don't want to. But Both, yes. A lot, of, a lot of photographers start being very, very emotionally attached to what they're doing, mm. what they're selling, mm. and they they want to feel good about it. <laughs> I I believe that the more mature you get in your business, those emotional ties start to to fade away a little. Well, that's bit. true with everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. It really okay. becomes more about making sure the client is happy because they're the ones who are going to have that art in their home. Right. So even if it's not my personal taste, if they're happy, I'm happy. I've done my job. Yep. You guys have been a delight today. Thank you. And I foresee a sequel to this that wonderful saga. Um, Let's do it. Uh, give a plug for your uh, websites and your so both of your personal photography websites and then your your joint venture website, all the stuff you want to say, say, put it out there right now. <laughs> Plug it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put, you can find me. Um, you can find us at ipsmastermind.com on pretty much everywhere. I just put it in my little name thing. So you mm -hmm. can find us there. Um, I on personal Instagram is the at the Dory Howell. Mm -hmm. um, my Facebook page is Dory Howell photography, but IPS mastermind is where you will find us a lot of the time. So you can find our page and our Instagram and our um, groups and all that kind of stuff. Just IPS Mastermind everywhere, Facebook, um, Instagram, the whole bit. Yep. And our program is called Revive. And when you join our program, you get a, a little game board and a game piece. So as you go through, you can track your progress, which is really well, fun. That is fancy. Isn't that fancy? Yeah, that fancy. And we've got a mobile app so you can learn on the go. Everything is designed to be really short and sweet because we know you're busy. And this program has revolutionized um, thousands of photographers' lives. We would love for you to check it out. You can go to weloveips.com to read all about that. And Rachel, where is your personal site or your your business site, your photography yeah, site? Yeah, I'm at rachelboerphotography.com. And uh, Rachel is spelled with an extra A. Boer is B-O-E-R. It always trips people up a little bit. There's a lot of vowels. I can't. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yep. And same on, on uh, Instagram. Hey, you guys. Thanks for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Until next time. All right. Take care.